two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Um, if that sounded like... No, you are not listening to episode 67. <laughs> uh, we've had... The new... The good microphone is not working, so we kind of had to go back to old school, and it wouldn't let me do the thing where I uh, put the intro from my laptop onto the recording. So we had to do it old school. We had to dig out the old microphone and uh, uh, play the intro from my phone. <laughs> Well, old, it's, it's only old apt time. for an episode where I'm going to want to talk about Top Gun. Right. So. I, I wrote Top Gun because uh, I don't watch shit. Uh, I wrote Top Gun is, is the first movie that I have on my little list of things to do today. Um, yeah, so, so we're kicking it old school. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to episode 319, I think, or 18. I'm not sure because I haven't uploaded 18 yet, and that was a month ago. Wow. Uh, it has been a month. So if you're seeing two episodes right now, uh, one of them is from... I don't know, maybe late July? Late July, early August. Yeah. Or so. We've just, every weekend we've had, one of us has had something. Yeah. Um, uh, we went to Greenville a couple of those weekends. You went to out of state somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we were in New Hampshire for one of the yeah. weekends. Yeah, another one didn't feel well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's yeah, I actually just got my voice back. Like yesterday. From, from yelling at soccer practice? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how singers do it. I just, you know, yelled at seventh graders for an hour well, every day. When it's your job, yeah, those muscles get... Yeah. No, it was, it was weird. It. it was weird. I'm like, I'm losing my voice from, um, from coaching. Yeah. And also, like, over the course of the summer, you don't really... Like, I don't really talk to anyone that much. No, me either. You know, just because I'm basically just my family. Yep. Um, so I will probably, uh, this week, we go back to school this week, um, I'll probably have hoarse voice by mm-hmm. the end of the week. Um, yeah, so we're we're back uh, for the first time in about a month. Uh, probably won't need to take, we might need to take one or two more weekends off uh, later this month. Uh, I'm having the first of two total hip replacements. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 14th of this month. Um, have you seen how they do that? Yes, actually. From Well, I know how they used to do it, because of when we went for a science fair to the Boston Science Museum, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was senior year I saw that. Every once in a while, they'd have like a little, like little video things that you could yep. watch, and one of the video things was a hip replacement oh, right. surgery. You told me this. Yeah. And at that point, I realized it was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I was... I was grossed out originally by the idea of them. They're basically, they basically cut your leg off. Your, yeah. Your, yeah, they your detach leg. your leg yeah. from your body. They cut the socket, like, like the yeah. ball joint yeah. off. So, like, the only thing that will be, it's just uh, skin muscle and yeah. shit holding your, I mean, it, there's no skeleton yeah. attaching your upper to your you lower body. You could rotate body. that leg a whole lot if you wanted to at You that could, point. yes. <laughs> You'll be the uh, most flexible you've ever been during that surgery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you basically turn into, a, like, a rubber leg. Um so I had just kind of come to terms with that when uh, I, because I had my pre-op visit last week, when it was explained to me how the appliance is put in, and it is with a with a three-pound sledgehammer. 
Yeah. Yeah, they got to knock that shit in. They pound, literally pound, because one because they have to go over all the the possible risks and stuff and one of the risks is that your uh, femur will shatter like a fucking log <laughs> you know what i mean like he said he's, thanks guys yeah he said it never happened well he shouldn't say that but he said it very 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 rarely happens yeah. with someone like you that, yeah because it's, it's usually meant for those who have probably their hip has broken through osteoporosis correct. or some shit yeah. right it doesn't it's it's uncon it's Less common in men, because men have bigger bones, yep. and less common the younger you are. Yep. So, I'm pretty young for a hip replacement. I'm 46, <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this and don't know. Um, so, uh, the risk from of that happening to me is very, very low, but it still grosses me out. Yeah, that, that basically hitting you with a fucking hammer. Yeah. Um, I was relieved to find out that... Uh, will definitely be asleep. They don't gas you. They don't, they try not to do that because that's like, people have bad reactions to that, I guess. Or more likely to have a bad reaction. Just chemically. So for something like this, yeah, like if you're having heart surgery or something, yeah, they're going to gas you. But like something like this, you're, it's technically not putting you to sleep, but he said, you will not be awake. You will be snoring. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I know what you'd be able to feel that pounding. When I had my, um, uh, Whatever it is when you go in there to talk to them about it before it ever happens. Forget the fucking word. Like Jesus a Christ. like a uh, pre-op consult. Yeah, when I, the consultation. When I had my consultation for uh, my my snip snip, yep. you know, for they uh, they talked. They asked me if you know if I wanted a local or to go under, and I'm just like, um, local, please. I want to <laughs> I want to be paying attention while you're fucking with the shit down there. <laughs> See, you know me, I'd probably be the other way. Like, I don't even want to know what you're doing. Well, I also know that. Like, anytime I've ever been under gas, apparently I say some weird fucking... You know me. Yeah. I'm capable of saying some weird shit anyway. I worry about that stuff, too. You hear people, like, admit to crimes and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to find out that where I've, like, laundered all this money Yeah, I do do not have a guilty conscience. I'm not worried about that. But I just know, like, I say some weird shit sometimes to people. And I'm worried I'm going to somehow turn into an episode of The League if I go under, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'll just be... I'll, I'll be a local. Yeah. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch what you're doing. I don't want to see my sack cut open. But you know, no. See, that's why I think I would be just yeah, just, like, just keep the sheet there, and I'll I'll play on my phone or something. <laughs> Listen to us talking about vasectomies and hip replacements. That's a young. <laughs> is a hip and happening podcast right, right here. <laughs> oh, if I all if you had only dreamed that this is yeah. what the conversation yeah. would be six or seven years into this. Well, uh, again, podcast. makes sense. We're talking Top Gun. It's all about old guys. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to get, uh, the PLP draft is set up. Nice. Uh, it's, it's next Sunday. I, I scheduled it like right before we would normally record. Cool. I think I scheduled it at 10 or maybe 11. I don't know. Um, so if you uh, are one of the people that, we have never lost a member of that league. No. I don't think. It's been the same 12 people every year, which is pretty weird. <laughs> I think one year though didn't someone just not play at all? But it was... oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, that has definitely happened. It auto drafted, and yeah. the team wasn't actually that bad. No, the team was fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, I, it's collectively all of the people that draft fantasy are the best. Those are, I think, I've talked about this before, probably on an episode that I didn't post. <laughs> uh, the at, when people do rankings at the end of the year to see what expert was the, you know, yeah. they, they do these things for all the people that, you know, all the, the big fantasy football pundits, it's a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, whose rank, whose preseason rankings ended up being the most accurate. Like, yep. did this person that you ranked at wide receiver 12 finish in the top 12, you know, and so on. The most accurate predictor of how the, uh, the, the rankings will go is our, and by our, I mean the millions and millions of people that do fantasy drafts, our ADP, our mm-hmm. average draft position ends up, because what that is, essentially, is a conglomeration of all yeah. these experts, because we're all listening to the same people. It's 100,000 guesses, yeah. 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 Um, so once you get that, it's really, you get that much data in, and mm-hmm. that ends up being, and if you think about it, you know, like, like mm-hmm. you're saying, you've got that many, you've got that many people going in, it's a lot easier to hit than in, than like one person's rankings. Mm-hmm. So auto drafting while it is very much frowned upon your team will be fine. It won't be great yeah. unless you get crazy lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be a 500 team probably, <laughs> which yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it's, so wait, so last year when I was below five hundred, you're telling me if I just <laughs> well, you no, no, because uh, well, the, a big part of I was thinking more in terms yeah. of a of a best ball league, yeah, because half of because uh, all of that stuff is taken out of it in best ball. I've been nothing but best ball all summer, um, but that ends up so this your team will be will be fine. Will be will be competitive. I'll yeah. put it that way. Uh, be competitive. Everybody. Um, so that's next week. I just think it's wild that in the, I don't know, four or five years or whatever that we've been doing it. I mean, there's like three or four people in that league that I don't even know. Um, but that joined it the first year and that's how I know them. And yeah. Yeah. Cause I know like TJ's got a friend or two on yeah. there that I have no idea yeah. who they are. And then there was, there's another person on there that I thought was a friend of TJ's and he's like, no, I don't know that dude. <laughs> I'm like, well, the other fuck. <laughs> How Who did, are you? How did you even know about this? I mean, I'm very glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, but how did you even? Were you listening? Because uh, I it just shocks me when someone that we don't know is listening. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. So I mentioned it, it, it shocks me when people we do know are listening. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um. So I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched hardly any movies this summer. Oh, no, you uh, haven't watched shit in August. <laughs> especially uh, since basically mid-July to now, uh, I've gotten really into best ball. Like, mm-hmm. more so than last year. Um, I'm going to do it differently next year because it was, like, all-consuming. Because I would have upwards of 50 drafts going at once. <laughs> um, so, like... You'd just constantly be like every, yeah, every twenty minutes I'd have a pick like during over the course of the day, and a lot of times like during busy times, I'm just sitting down here, especially because that's when people are are putting their picks. And you in a slow draft, you have eight hours to make your pick. No one, people, no one's doing that. People unless, their re- draft, unless their pick is later during or during dinner or something. Yeah, like people are rarely waiting eight hours to do it, but it's not uncommon to three or four hours because people are doing shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing shit. You know, if you're driving, if you're going to Bangor for an after or an appointment or something, yeah, I'm gonna when I get home, I'll make my pick. Although I made a shitload of ton of I made a shitload of picks uh, in the waiting room of my chiropractor this there summer. You go. Probably hundreds of picks <laughs> sitting in the... I mean, not hundreds. Um, so a draft, one draft, one slow draft typically takes about 10 days to two weeks mm-hmm. total. So you make about one pick a day per draft. Yeah. So if you've got like 45 drafts going... Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's a lot, but... Um, 
and I, I this week I'm trying to. I only have like nine going like right now, and they're all like 17th, 18th round. So we're like, I'm I'm down near the end of it. So I'm kind of feeling a little panicky about it <laughs> because they're like now it matters. Draft season like matters. Draft yeah. season's over. Like yeah. I'm, it's done. Um. So when those things wind down, I have to like crank my brain back into normal fantasy football, which mm-hmm. is different enough that I have to think about it differently. Mm-hmm. For my league, the one I have cut it down to one like home league, and then the PLP one, yeah. um, which is good because I like once the season starts, I like to just pay attention to the to the games and stuff. Uh, and with best ball, you don't have to look at your fucking teams again until December if you don't want to. Um, but I've had a blast doing best ball. I, I I have way more fun. I think that because drafting is the most fun part of the fantasy season. I'm terrible at managing my team. Well, I'm not terrible at managing it. I'm terrible at setting lineups. Mm -hmm. That has always been my weakest, most dreaded part of fantasy football is setting lineups. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I make the exact wrong decision every single week. Whether I just say, fuck it, I'm going to let the... Uh, the rankings gods decide this week, yeah. it'll be wrong. Or, I'm damn it, I'm going to do it my way this week, and I'm wrong. Yep. And That's uh, how I feel every week. Best no ball. matter which choice. If I have <laughs> yes. a choice between two players, it will be I'm the wrong going one. to pick the wrong one. It will be the wrong one. He could have a broken foot and yeah. a drinking problem. Yep. He's, and so I'm going to bench him. He's going to come out and rush for, for 400 yards. It, yeah. You I'm, know. It, and, but best ball takes all of that away. You're... At the end of the week, your two best running back scores count, your three well, best wide receiver scores count. It, it's like so me on. when I do my theme months for movie watching. The the most excited I get is when I'm planning. Oh yeah. When I'm like, okay, I've got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obtaining the films. I've got I them love all set doing up. that. I've got them all ready to go, and then I'm like, oh, now I gotta fucking watch them. That's not I, the, the funny thing. It's funny that you say that because, like you said, I haven't watched Dick in August. Um, but I still do the planning. Yeah, I still. I'm still buying movies on Vudu when they're $4.99 to yep. set up for later, and I'm still adding stuff to... I, I still love that part of it, the curating. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Because, I mean, think about it. Once you've added all those movies in, then you just have to think about the amount of hours that is. Yep. You know, if you've put 20 movies on a list mm-hmm. and you want to watch them this month... My goal for September, because, again, I, I actually convinced the, gu- the guys at Video Monsters <clears throat> to do a Stephen King month. Okay. So they're actually we're actually going to be doing it for September and October. Oh. So it's a little more. But uh, he's doing it smart, Nathan, the guy who runs the show. Because where we interview other people, sometimes he's asked all of the, like a bunch of random people to do an episode yep. with us, and they get to pick the movie that we do. Oh, yeah. Although that's good and bad, because some motherfucker picked the Langoliers. Yikes. Um, yeah. But my goal for this time is, because it's Stephen King's 75th birthday this year, uh-huh. to watch 75 hours of okay. programming. So that way it's not necessarily an X amount of movies, right. it's 75 time. hours. That and Andrea and I have started doing the world's worst fucking puzzle that is Stephen King based. Oh good. Because we're doing a puzzle, because that's how we roll now. It's, it's a map of the Overlook. Okay. Like it's a floor plan yeah. for the Overlook. Um... That motherfucker is 90% beige. Yeah. There's some cool stuff on it, because it's got, like, the hallways with the, with the patterns. Yeah. And it's got, like, the maze, which, yep. puzzle form, super fun to try to do that shit. Yeah. Uh, we've worked about eight hours on it now. We've gotten 20% done, maybe. Because it's also a thousand pieces. Because my goal was we need we have a space on the wall where I want to put something, and I'm like, well, let's fucking do this puzzle that I got, because I got the puzzle for, like, four bucks. 
at um, Goodwill one time. Then lacquer it. And... Exactly. Lacquer it. We'll fucking frame it. We'll put it up. So we're like, sure, we'll do it this week. Yeah. No. I, I, I forgot that like a thousand piece puzzles are the fucking devil's work. I do not enjoy puzzles. I, I like yeah. actively don't like puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin and, and Colin actually got into it this summer. They put together three or four. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind puzzles. This one, though, the shapes are fucking weird. Yeah. Like, the most puzzles, if it's like a thousand pieces, you know, they'll have different shapes. And, they're all roughly the same size. Does it have the cheater stuff on the back of the pieces? Oh, God, no. No? Okay. Oh, God, no. Because Robin had one that, this summer that, that had the cheater. Basically, the back of the of every puzzle will have like a little D on it or something like that to, and the, the puzzles broken up in a grid, like a, you know, a, yeah. a B, C, D like that. So, um, uh, but this one has, a, oh, has, this none, has of that. none of that. Yeah. And, and again, literally I am not joking when I say roughly 50% of the pieces have nothing on it, but the color beige. Yeah. And it's like, see that, fuck me. I don't know how we're going to do that's this. That's not fun for me. Well, what we do is we we'll, we've been listening to like um, the King Cast, the Stephen King related podcast from Fangoria. Yeah. So we we just listen to that while we do it. So it's kind of fun. Uh, and we have what, what are the guys' names now? Because I feel like I, I feel like I'm going to commit a hate crime by saying this, but it's really their fucking name. It's something like the the Flamer fans or something like that. It's two gay dudes talking about like <laughs> The Shining and Doctor Sleep. But they do call themselves the Flamers as part of their name, so I, I still feel weird fucking <laughs> saying it though. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but we yeah, so like we'll listen to the podcast and talk about the movie as we're doing it, so it doesn't right. seem as bad. But then like her son would come down and just be like, "Did you guys do any of this?" And we'll be like, "We've been here for two fucking hours, man." No, man, we haven't. Fuck you. Because <laughs> it gets to the point literally where you're like, you're 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 taking a piece. Have you back for college yet? Yeah. Didn't think so. <laughs> homework <laughs> but it's like especially like because the, there's two the, the two hallways with the rug pattern yeah uh, not in color in my none of this puzzle is in color because that would make shit easier yeah um but you're just after a while you're just like okay i'm gonna have this one piece and i'm gonna try every other piece that has that carpet i'm gonna try to fit it nope fit it nope oh, thank you yeah it, it's it's going to be a significant accomplishment when we finish it because right now, and what we're doing, I feel like we're doing it kind of smart because we're building it on the base of the picture frame. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you don't have to move it. And then, yeah, so at night, because we, we have cat. Yeah. So at night, we just put the fr- the top of the frame on it so yeah. it covers it and keeps it safe. Yeah. Because, yeah, that cat, our cat and our dog, like, watch us like a hawk when we're doing <laughs> that because the dog loves to eat cardboard. Oh, good. So a puzzle piece falls on the floor. So this is, like, it's like an added dimension. Yeah, yeah. It's Okay, it's, our it's, coffees it's are here. Danger. We got to pause. All right, we're back. It's been several minutes. We have our coffees now, although mine is incorrect. Uh, I got a pumpkin spice. Um, I wanted vanilla. Dan was ordering the pumpkin spice, but we both got pumpkin spice. Yeah. They're like, no, two is enough. Two. You're, you're both getting one. Yes. Uh, it's that time of year. I'm never, the, the funny thing is, I love pumpkin. Like, I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin bread. I love pumpkin cookies. I do not like pumpkin spice coffee. It It, it is not a... It's not a real pumpkin flavor. No, it's like, not. It does not taste like pumpkin. You're right. It just doesn't. Um, so yeah, when people say pumpkin spice, it's usually not the actual flavor of pumpkin. It's, it's right. It's it's the, the spices that go with it. Um, and even that, this is it like nutmeg or something? Is that what um, 
allspice, nutmeg. Um, all right, we got to stop talking about shit like this. I've just realized we've talked about uh, puzzles yeah. and uh, pumpkin spice ingredients mm-hmm. and uh, hip yep. replacements and vasectomies. And welcome to two old guys. All right, let's hit the list. Let's hit the list. What's on the list? (laughs) Let's talk about something nerdy, goddammit. I think where we stopped is that I was kind of excited about, uh, on one hand, terrified about uh, best ball season coming to a close. But on the other hand, I'm like, last night was the first time uh, that I noticed, um, because best ball season kind of comes to uh, an end very quickly because they change, I was talking about the, the slow drafts, they change the time between picks to four hours. Mm-hmm. At two weeks before the first game, uh, so a couple days ago, they switched to four hours between picks instead of eight, and they start screaming through mm-hmm. at that rate. It's not even twice as fast. It feels more than that, mm-hmm. and I think it's because all summer, when you open your your app and it shows you how much time you have left on whatever current pick you're at, anytime you see something, this is me speaking, and I'm sure I'm not alone. When you see like less than four hours, you kind of panic a little bit, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I've missed this. And you like you're more likely to make the pick quickly, whereas normally when you get the notification it's your pick, it's like I got like eight hours left. I'll think about it for a while and put mm-hmm. it back in your pocket. So I think even though it's the time is cut in half, people probably are still there. Are, people seem to be drafting faster because mine are. I might be done by tomorrow. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but so yesterday was the first time I really got. Uh, I got kind of excited at the thought of getting back to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, once once your drafts are in, that's it. You're done. I mean, you've you've done it. You're now you're waiting on your results. If I win a million dollars, you will hear about it. Oh, I would assume so. <laughs> I guarantee you. I will. I will uh, let people know. Uh, so I'm excited to get back into movies. Uh, last yesterday, I texted you. Um, uh, what Robin and I might watch last night. We did not watch either of those things, and I'll tell you why. Uh, First, I showed her the trailer to RRR, and I, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to show you this trailer. Mm-hmm. If you're out, I totally understand. Yep. <laughs> but if you're in, it's going to be quite a ride. So I showed her the trailer. The best thing about the trailer, it does not hint in any way that this is a musical also. That's right. Because at the end of it, Robin's like, huh, yeah, I'll watch that. And I was like, hold on. There's more. This is also a musical. And she goes, what? <laughs> yes, but not so all the time. No, there are musical it numbers. It goes. Yes, there are musical numbers. And she's just like, huh. So anyway, uh, we didn't watch it last night because, uh, as you mentioned, it's three hours long. And I told her that going in, too. Um, that yeah, it's you like get, three you hours. You get into a part one night and a part two night. Yeah, uh, which is what we do with most movies anyway. Um, the other one that we were going to watch was Nope, because it popped up on Vudu, but it's just the... Um, it's the rental. Yeah, it doesn't go on sale sale until next week or the week after, Yeah, right? Um, if it had been a normal rental, I would have done it, because I have a free rental burning a hole in my mm-hmm. fucking email inbox. Um, but I'm not doing a $20 rental, fuck you. Fuck you, Voodoo. (laughs) Um, But I would have bought it for $20. So uh, we didn't watch either of those. The other one um, that was kind of that you can buy right now but cannot rent yet 
this is an awesome segue. I did a really good job. Is Top Gun. Yeah. Which I might Which add, you watched. This is the first time I have purchased a, a, a digital copy before anything else. I was going to ask you yes. how you watched it. Because I was wondering, I wonder if it was like playing in Dover. It actually is. It opened back up in Dover. <laughs> but that's not how I saw it. Um, that, so this is a but this is a first for because you. yet the the rental for this isn't for another month right and holy shit it's a month it's a month is it going to be on Paramount I don't know is it a Paramount it's a Paramount movie right yeah and apparently it's not going to be out on physical media until like fucking November what yeah Tom Cruise had some fucking pull with this that is weird well it's done very very well at the theaters he knows. People are probably going to just buy it outright digitally if you can't rent it yeah, or go to the store to buy it. And this leaves it still open on the shelves to purchase right at Christmas time. And also, it kind of makes the decision to buy digital pretty easy because it's certainly not... See, normally a movie that comes out now, you're like, ooh, this is going to be 10 bucks on Black Friday. Yeah, this It won't be. be. No. Interesting. Yep. I wonder if this will work. And, I mean, you knew they planned it because there's tons of special features. Like, there's on, when yeah, you buy it on iTunes, is, yeah. there's a ton of special features for yeah. it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I weighed it, and I'm like, you know, we, it, we would probably have gone and seen it this week in Dover, and that would have been yeah. like 10, 15 bucks. Fuck it, I might as well. This If I'm going to purchase any film for the first time as a, you know, digital before anything else... Might as well be fucking Top Gun. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, because I was uh, I was curious as to how you uh, what method you yeah, used to I mean, watch if it, it. If it came out to like rent digitally only right now, and it was like a month from now, it'd be I'd wait. Yeah, I can wait a month because you're probably not going to watch it again between now and when it comes Thanksgiving. Out. No, I won't. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have too many other things uh, to watch. Pig is five bucks this week. If you're oh, interested. God, everybody should be buying that fucking movie. <clears throat> Everyone. Okay, fine. You don't own that? No, I don't. Because oh it's it's always streaming. Oh, it's almost always streaming. You should own it. That movie's fucking so brilliant. So fucking good. Uh, how, is it not available in 4K? Jesus, I guess not. No, I think it's because it was such it's a smaller release. Yeah. Or, yeah, like it matters. Yeah, right? what came out? Uh, Black Phone when that recently came out on. Yeah, it's and, on. And uh, it, and it didn't come out on 4K, hmm. which was very weird. And that's on that's on Peacock, or is that on Paramount? I know it's on one of the one, one of, of the, one two. of my new streaming services yeah. that I've been using a lot actually. Yeah. And I'm, they did it perfectly because we watched it on Peacock or Paramount, whichever one it came out on. And then like it came out like two weeks later, in you know physical form, and I went and bought it. Oh, you did? So, like, that was fucking good. Yeah. I will definitely rewatch that. Yep. It was, like, 14 bucks. I'm like, I'll buy it. So, you well, liked it? Yeah. Loved it. Thought were it you... really good. You were... I think when the trailer came out, because I, I... It was one of the ones that I watched a trailer for and then asked you about, mm-hmm. uh, which... I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, we do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Tom watches a trailer of a movie he's never going to watch <laughs> and then asks Dan about it. Uh, and I think at the time, you were kind of... This could go either way. Yeah. Um, it's either going to be really good or it might suck. Yeah. I figured it would likely be good because it's Scott Derrickson who did the Sinister films, the first Doctor Strange film. Right. Uh, with his writing partner, uh, C. Robert Cargill, um, based on the Joe Hill short story. 
Um, if we know anything about King family adaptations, short story ones tend to go better. Yeah. Um, no, it was. Oh yes. It was 100%. really effective. It was well done. <laughs> Isn't it weird that I'm more likely to read the short story than I am watch the movie? No. Because I don't mind reading horror. I, actually, yeah. I mean, obviously, I actually like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't like watching it for some reason. Mm. Although I'm very, I was very disappointed that Nope was a rental only. Because I still was like, you do, that, you do that quick thing in your head where you're like, well, it's still cheaper than if we were going to go to it in the theater. But the theater is still an experience. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of came down on, well, Robin still hasn't seen Get Out. So we could just, oh, we could have just watched that last night. Shit. Mm. Has she watched us? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta get the whole trilogy. Here. Oh yeah. Um, man, uh, Hell or High Water is on the four ninety nine list this week. Dan no, dropped no, the yeah. fidget again. No, but I only I only dropped half of it. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, all right. Switch to the knife. <laughs> yeah, that'll be safer. <laughs> um, see, these ones are always, uh, and I've done it more than once. These ones are always tempting when the uh, the four ninety nine pops up and it's post 4k and you can now i'm just basically paying for the upgrade yeah thinking about it for hell or high water i would say that that thing looks gorgeous because i did it for sicario yep i paid for i basically paid for an upgrade um robin has also never seen hell or high water and i think that she would like it i was actually thinking about rewatching this the other day because i was watching one of those um youtube videos about movies that you just forgot how fucking awesome they were yeah this was this one one of the top ones um Yes, this and what was the one that I watched recently that was also like, oh, we talked about it, um, uh, Nice Guys. Yeah. That movie is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, you just kind of forget it happened. And yep. you forget that it ends with a sequel set up. Yep. And it's Which just, and it was like happened. seven years ago. Mm-hmm. That movie is great. That, if you want, uh, and actually, it's funny, they both came out close to this, I think, um, Good Guys was 2015, maybe? 15 or 16, yeah. <clears throat> Both of the movies we're talking about, uh, just best of the of their uh, among the best of their year, whatever year they came out, the 2015, 16, Hell or High Water, and uh, and Good Guys. Um, so I may do that. I will. I will think about it. Uh, the the roundup is out. The roundup. The it's the out. It's the Outlaws sequel. <gasps> oh yeah. Um, I haven't bought it yet because I'm afraid. I'm. I forgot that Jesus Rolls exists. It exists for five dollars if you want it. I might buy it. For those, it's it's the Jesus from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, that was Christ. That was feels like that was longer than two years ago. It reviewed well. Oh, 20 percent. Twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there's some pretty good stuff in here, but um, yeah, I may do that. Uh, where is the roundup. Um, I've waited because I don't want to rent it. I want to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I could rent it, but I know that the I'm waiting till I'm definitely going to watch it to buy it because otherwise I'll buy it and then like haven't not watch it a month from now and it'll be like on sale. So I almost bought it last night, but by the time we finished watching what we did watch, uh, which is on my list. Um, we it was too late and I wasn't going to start it, but uh, 
don't let the nine ninety nine trick you. It's actually twelve ninety nine. Nine ninety nine is for SD. Which I fuck blows. Who is buying anything in SD? Come if on. that's where you're saving your money, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like if you're like, I would buy the HD version, but it's three dollars less for the SD version. Like unless you're unless you're always going to watch this movie on a laptop from nineteen ninety seven. Uh, who the fuck is yeah. doing that? I, I could interest you in a VHS release of this right. if you really, <laughs> right. really want to do it. Uh, Jesus. Suspe- Ooh, Suspect is five bucks. I may buy that. That's one that I started and then forgot about. <laughs> I've never seen the end of it. Um, it's fine. Uh, so Top Gun. Yeah. Um, uh, the hype is real. Like, I am... This film is fucking good. I am... In between wanting to know, mm-hmm. because like the like you said, the hype the mm-hmm. hype was out of control for this movie, uh, and I, I'm just like very curious to know why. Like what what do you do? And, and that's not like a diss or anything, but mm-hmm. like what do you do in a top? What could you possibly do in a Top Gun sequel that would like? cause the level of fervor that it has um it hits all the nostalgia buttons perfectly yeah other than not having enough kenny logins it's the one reason i gave it a four and a half instead of a five okay it needed more fucking logins um that man is fucking iconic <laughs> top gun i don't think would have been successful without his fucking music oh, no no he should have had a bigger part in this because honestly the music that is in this one is forgettable. Yeah. It is not fucking Berlin's Take My Breath Away. It is not, you know. Which Top Gun was a big fucking soundtrack. This yeah, one will not be. The thing that is, uh, I don't know if forgotten is the right word, but uh, maybe missed is the Berlin song is the one that got nominated for best song. Yeah. None of the Loggins ones, which is what is kind of tied to, I mean, Take Your Breath Away is too, but like, yeah. when you when you think soundtrack to Top Gun, the first thing that comes to your head is yeah, Loggins. <laughs> danger Zone. Um, Playing with the boys. You know. <laughs> the, the gayest scene yep. in the history oh. of, of cinema. Uh, second gayest? <laughs> Dan's well, like holding up his say, finger. There's topless sports in this one, too. Nice. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that's and, um, the guy who directed, I'm forgetting his name right now, it's the guy who directed the Tron Kaczynski, sequel. Kaczynski, Kaczynski, yeah. something like that. He's the guy who directed the Tron sequel. Um, so he knows how to hit the nostalgia well. Like, there's moments, and again, this is going to hit, uh, this film will hit us differently than it will hit other people. Oh, for sure. Because this is very much a film about, you know, Maverick's choices that led him to where he is now in life, you know, and it hits on, you know, you know, there's, there's scenes with him and Goose in this. Oh. Know? Oh, it's... It's the scenes from the first film. Yeah. It's nothing new, but um, he... he, And it also makes sense as to how, why he's still in the fucking Navy. At, at 58. Yeah. <laughs> or um, whatever he is. Um, because they've tried to kick him out numerous times. Gotcha. But every time they went to remove him, Iceman stepped in. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there are... Tons. Nine extra things. I'm looking at up on, on Voodoo right now. Um, oh, it was even free clips, whatever that means. Kaczynski yeah. was the uh, Joseph kind of, Kaczynski. Kind of looks like if you squint, he looks like Tom Cruise, <laughs> doesn't he? A little bit. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Iceman. Tom Cruise made that guy in a lab. He's been growing it's him. It's a clone. He's been growing him <laughs> since the first Top Gun. The reason it took so long to make the Top Gun sequel is this guy had to be had to come of age. He had to finish uh, gestating. Yep. In Tom Cruise's. Uh, person maker lab at the top of the Scientology building. I just cracked it. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, Iceman is like now like a big like like an admiral. Yeah, or something. in yeah. the Navy. So every time they try to get rid of Cruz for whatever because he's he's a maverick. That's right. It's in Ice- the name, man. You should know. Iceman has stepped in and saved him <clears throat> and kept him there. Um, but much like the first film, he does something in the opening scene where they're like, we should be kicking you out again. But yeah. You're going back to Top Gun to teach. <laughs> um, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Yeah. It, it, it's very... Well, we should... It's, 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 it's going to remind you a lot of The Last Jedi. Yeah, sure. Or, or not The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, It's yeah. going to remind you a lot of that because it hits very similar beats in different ways. Which is but, kind of a trend now. Yeah, but, it, it, Those but it's done well. Yeah. It's done very, very well. Yeah, we've um, talked a lot of, over the last year about... Uh, Several different movies that are along that the ones that have done it well, and the other ones who have tried to do it and failed yeah. miserably. Um, so he he Tom Cruise has to go back to Top Gun to instruct these people who have like a, there's a a mission they've got to complete in like a week's time that's going to be incredibly dangerous, incredibly hard. So he's got a group of like ten pilots, and he's got to train to do this shit. Um, all while struggling because Miles Teller's character, Rooster, is Goose's son. Right. He does not like Maverick. Right. Because Maverick um, pulled his application to the Naval Academy years ago. Ah. So it set his career behind because he didn't want to go into the Navy, even though it wasn't his thing. Right. Um, Sadly, Meg Ryan's character is also dead. Oh. Um, So I was going to say, is Meg Ryan in it? Did she make a cameo? No. Uh, Kelly McGinnis, not in it. It's, um, I knew that she wasn't. Here. His new love interest is Jennifer Connelly's character. Yep. Um, and even though she's a brand new character, you believe the history between them. Yeah. Um, it's it's th- theirs is a very good relationship. Uh, they did a great job with like the new cocky pilots. Great job. Yeah. Uh, I see Hangman right there, Glenn Powell. Um, he's he is Maverick. He he was he was Ma- he's Maverick one where he's just he's really good but he's really fucking cocky. Yeah. Rooster is actually closer to Iceman, who is cautious um, and good. The I see Glenn Powell on uh, uh, Twitter a lot. Like he had a thing last week. Uh, I don't know why he comes onto my my feed, but he does. That his parents have gone to gone to the gone to this like thirty times or something. He's like, guys, I can get you a copy. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You know. I can only imagine how awesome this film was in IMAX, though. Oh yeah, I bet. Um. I, I wish I had seen it in IMAX. I honestly do. It's the aerial footage is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like I don't know how they pulled half the shit off. Um, especially, I guess they used a lot of like Blue Angel, like yeah, the stunt pilots or whatever they fucking call themselves. Yeah, because there are some aerial maneuvers that I'm like, I can't believe they just fucking did that. <laughs> like, um, mem- during the. The training sequences in the original Top Gun, like, like they'd have to go up against Tom Skerritt. Right. That's Cruz now. So, right. like, they'll be flying along going, like, where the fuck is Maverick? Where is he? And all of a sudden, he'll just, like, literally fly up straight between them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that was real. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't, um, you know, we you learned that Cruz, of course, learned to fucking fly a plane for this. Um, oh, of course he did. 
So yeah, there's shots where you're like, no, he's really going that fast. He and that's the thing too, because like they went to fight like flight schools and stuff, because they're pulling some maneuvers where there's like some hard G's. Sure, know, talking lingo here, right? Um, and and Andrew's <laughs> like, and Andrew's like, they look like they're about to throw up, and yeah. I'm like, they probably did, yeah, because <laughs> that's some crazy shit they're having them, you know, these actors do. But it it looked very good. This uh, sound was awesome in the movie. You know what I think I'll do now that I now that you've told me the particulars of like the way that this is being released, uh, I might buy it because my mom is coming down to watch the kids while Robin and I are at school for Monday Tuesday. There you go. She's gonna spend the night. She would die. There you go. Family night. Because my parents do not watch movies, mm-hmm. but my mom would watch the shit out of this. Yep. Uh, and she's never gonna watch it at home. Yeah, there's a reason this film has made like 700 million in the U.S. Yeah. you know, and, and past the billion dollar mark. Um, um, I'll do it right and now. And it's like, getting like, like it's it just popped back into Dover, like it's been there before. Yeah, I just locked myself into it. I did it. You um, will, you will not. I will have to know what Barb thinks of it. But like Andrea was fucking like cheering. Yeah. By the end, like legit, like she was like, I was glad we did not go to the theater to watch this because <laughs> would have been embarrassed. I would be embarrassed as shit at how hard I'm cheering right now. But it, it hits those notes very well. Like the last forty-five minutes, you're you are fucking into it. Like you are not. All right, I just bought the roundup. You so don't even realize what, like, what time locking myself it is. in. It's like how long? How many minutes are left? I don't even know because I've just been awesome. Um, yeah, I think you'll be very, very pleased with it. It's it's all I could have. It's everything I would have wanted from a yeah. Top Gun sequel. And the the, the and it needed of- and it needed to be. 30 years later. It needed to be that. The kind of funny thing about this is with everything that we've been saying uh, and a lot of the other ones that we've talked about like Ghostbusters kind of did the same thing. Mm -hmm. What else did? What else recently did? Was a a long-awaited sequel or rehash that ended up kind of just following the same numbers. Because we, we, I feel like we talk about it a lot. Yeah, we but do. Force Awakens is the is the example. Yeah, in those two instances at least. Uh, oh, Romancing the Stone is basically the same as uh, Lost City. Yeah. Um, even though it was this huge, huge, huge deal, Top Gun isn't a very good movie. No, it's kind of a shitty movie. Predator did it too. Yes, Pre- there, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. This film is. Far better than Top Gun is. Yeah, see, that's the difference. Yeah. Even uh, something so, like Predator still holds up. Yeah. I mean, you can you can be into that sort of movie or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Citizen Kane. Uh, but in its genre, it's still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I don't think Top Gun has aged. Now, I haven't seen it in years. I just watched but, it like this summer, and it was I gave it like a three and a half. Because it, it's good. Yeah. But it is... It's not a great movie. I can't... It might have been Lon Harris that said, if you take the flying out of Top Gun, that movie is absolute trash. Like, it's terribly written. The dialogue is awful. You don't believe anything between him and Kelly McGillis. Right. At all. It doesn't even make sense. No. Um... So to hear that's why it's all it's kind of like this weird thing. Like now I'm really I can't wait to watch it now because like it is very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, No, no, this one. Everything has purpose for why it's being done. Cruz is fucking excellent in it. He he really is. He's the greatest movie star that's ever lived. Oh, without a doubt. 
Um, but in this one, he's like nailing the acting. Yeah. Like there are some scenes where you're just like, that dude is fucking breaking right now. And he is. It shows. <laughs> he's crazy. And I can understand people that can't get past the Scientology thing because yeah. Scientology's done a lot of harm to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and he is the figurehead. Um, and I know it's kind of hypocritical because there are things like I, I might never watch Chinatown again, you mm-hmm. know, like that's some kind of, kind of stand that does, <laughs> yeah. that does anything to Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like, I have a hard time watching Kevin Spacey movies. The only one that I will still watch really, because, because you can't, I can't get it out of my head. Oh, I know. Every time one you see One of my favorite him. fucking movies is The Usual Suspects. And yeah. I'm like, God damn it. It's both. It's got two fucking terrible people. Right. Now. One of my favorite movies is LA Confidential. Yep. So like. It's hard. Um, or at least that's got some people that seem to be good people. Yes, it, it does. It does. Always support Danny DeVito. Yes. Always support Danny yes. DeVito. <laughs> um, so I, I don't... It, it's a little hypocritical, but he's just he's just really good at his job. Yeah. You know? Like, no one has ever done it in the same... I mean, you can you can argue, like, your Daniel Day-Lewis's are better actors and oh, whatnot, yeah. but... But like, just as a movie star, like, there's no, no one, one no one can open a film like a Tom Cruise can. Yeah. You know, like even the movies that are of his that don't do well are usually other than the Mummy. Um, but I even I feel like that was just something he got caught up in. Yeah, yeah. Because God, that movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, between like if I'm gonna be sad when he doesn't do Mission Impossible movies anymore. Well, yeah, on top of being, like, an amazing uh, movie star, what he does yeah. is also amazing. He's one of his... the most powerful producers in Hollywood as well. Yes, that too. <clears throat> um, just on a physical level, though, mm-hmm. like, he's a freak athlete. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only way. He oh, is 60 oh, years oh, old. He does the run in Maverick. Of course he does. That motherfucker can move. And he is... Is he 60? Yeah, he is 60, because Andrew would not believe it, so I had to look it up. Yeah. Because there was a scene where he is, like, running, and she's like, he's still pretty good. How old is And I'm like, he is 60. She's like, no, he is not. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I mean, also, when you kind of put it in the frame of, that's only 14 years old, you know, 14 years older than us. So, yeah, that's easy to believe, that because he was in his 20s when we were in, like, grade school, you know, middle school. Um, Yeah, it's it's amazing. He will put himself, because there's, like... I know he is not really doing Mach 10 right. in this film, but he's in that fucking plane really oh, goddamn yeah. fast. Yeah. Like, you can tell just by his face and then the way it is pulling back away from his skull that he is going <laughs> yeah. really fucking fast. Um, and you just like the stunts that he does for Mission Impossible. It's like, you know, that could have easily been a body double strapped to the side of the yes. plane, but it wasn't. Because <laughs> right. he knows he needed to get that shot for the trailer to get right. people there. Right. Because, I mean, Mission Impossible is, like, the action franchise now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for... And the the uh, kind of the teaser came out, like, a month oh, ago. Yeah. And we were just like, I I watched it, but, like, I don't even need... I don't care. Yeah, no, I'll be there. I will just go to it. Yep. And that's... It'll almost be kind of more fun that way. Because, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. No. Like, I can't even really tell you plots. Of, no, I just wanted to be, like... Is so-and-so in it? Is so-and-so in it? Yeah. Yep, they're in it. I'm here. Like, cool. I couldn't tell you the plot difference between, I don't know, Ghost Protocol and... Oh, no. Half the time, I... Which one's part four? I don't really 
hardly remember. Is that the one with, that he climbs up the building? I don't know. <laughs> That's either four or five. <laughs> yep. Uh, not six. It is my favorite. That one is my favorite. The, 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 I think. I think. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, everything. Oh, especially four, five, six. When, uh, Macquarie is a credited, credited screenwriter on Maverick. Oh, okay. So he, he went in and did some work on it. Good. Yeah. When you, when you are like Tom Cruise's personal, personal director. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he's like, I know you can't direct this one, but I need some script work on this. Can you do it? Yeah. And he's like, you got it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Most directors have actors and Tom Cruise has directors. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, so he did some, he, and he did enough work on it to get credit. I mean, it helps when Tom is the producer. Yeah. <laughs> but, because like you said, the script is the weakest part of Top Gun. Yeah. So you might as well bring in the guy who has written the best action films of the past few years. Right. To especially, punch, to punch it ones, up a little. Especially ones that are not uh, in a in a decade of superhero, where all the best action movies are superhero movies. Yeah. Um, at least fund, both funding-wise mm-hmm. and box office. Uh, I mean, you can argue about quality all day, but yes, yeah. that is very true. Um, the Mission Impossible series always kind of stood out um, as being kind of the only uh, franchise of its kind. I mean, yeah. I know the Fast and the Furious has, has kind of delved into that. You know, the one that's about illegal street racing yeah. uh, has delved into the spy world. <laughs> but... That that's done with a wink and a nod, yeah, by everyone but Vin Diesel, who is, <laughs> thinks he is fucking the most serious uh, yeah. actor of all time. Um, but yeah, like the Mission Impossible ones kind of stand on their own. Uh, maybe you could throw in the 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 Apes trilogy, mm-hmm. but that kind of that feels like it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, because I mean the the Born could have been, yeah. but those kind of I mean, there's always the Bonds, but those feel different because they've been around for so right. long. Did you ever see the the last born, the one that's just Jason Bourne? No, still have not seen that I one. I haven't either. I figure at some point I will buy there will be the Bourne yep. bundle upgrade to 4K because I don't think I have any of them in 4K. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, that pur- will, I purposely have not purchased any of the and DVDs. And that one will be included <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. Cuz you can find those DVDs for like 3 bucks oh, all sure. the time and I'm like I will just wait until there's a 4K bundle right. on sale. Right, for 29 bucks or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm doing the same. Because um, that one, does, that, that's a good one you, you brought up. Because that does, I mean, there's five movies in that series. Um, the fourth one that people don't like is actually, I thought, was fine. The one with Renner was fine. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, it's not it just, as good It just feels as, like a misstep now, yeah. knowing that you went right back to Damon. Right. Um but the, the last one had Doug Lyman back, right? I think so. And it still sucked, I, I guess. I can't remember. Um, the boards are other ones I have trouble. Like, which one is... I can't even tell you oh, like, yeah, no. which one is Supremacy. Identity is the first one. I can tell the difference between one. It's two and three. Yeah. I Same. couldn't tell you. Same thing. Uh, but I do really, really like both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what Robin and I ended up watching last night uh, was we were, we watched the first half of the the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. Mm-hmm. It's always... Like, I remember it very well. Because um, it was a big deal, especially in the sports world at the time, mm. that this was going to be a first-round pick, Notre Dame linebacker. Mm-hmm. 
the big story his senior season was that his grandmother and his girlfriend died on the same day. And then you find out like a month later that she wasn't even real <laughs> and he didn't know. Because we catfishing was a thing, but it wasn't something that would be your first thought. Yeah. That you're still, I mean, it was like 2009, which is, I mean, Facebook had been around for a little bit. But, but it, it was wasn't, not what it is now. Right. So, and he's, he just... You know, because he's in the documentary. Both of them are in the documentary. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Uh, filmed separately, obviously. Yeah. The so if you don't know what happened, this guy uh, he was uh, a linebacker at um, at Notre Dame. Senior season was going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL, uh, which they spend a lot of time in the first episode. It's only it's a two part documentary. Uh, they spend a lot of time in the doc in the first episode talking about how important football and making it are mm -hmm. to like the Polynesian community. He's yeah. from Hawaii. Um, like it's faith, family, and football. Mm -hmm. And that's like all that matters. Uh, so he, you, you have this pressure from when you're a kid mm -hmm. to play football if you're Polynesian. Um, and the weird thing about this was the, the catfish er. Uh, wait, I should explain more first. So anyway, he goes to Notre Dame. He's a big star. Uh, he's not comfortable there because he goes from fucking Hawaii to South Bend, Indiana. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. He could have gone to USC, and he wanted to go to USC. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, he said God told him to go well, to... Well, say part of the faith, you know. Which is weird because, because the Polynesian... I didn't realize this. The Polynesian community in, um, uh, in Hawaii are, are all Mormons. Really? Notre Dame is the Catholic university. Yeah. Like, I get the faith part. Where Jeff Bartlett you, went, damn it. Yeah, if, I get the faith part, but if you were going to do that, wouldn't you go to BYU? Yeah, one would think. Who's not having a good week, by the way, BYU Athletics. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little bit of name-calling problems uh, this past week. Yeah, and then the... I'll let you look it up if you don't if you don't know what we're talking about. Then the coach didn't skip the meeting with the girl the next day, yeah. which is a bad look. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but long, I'm getting off track. Um, so he starts, uh, talking online on Facebook with this, uh, supposedly, you know, 19 or 20 year old girl that is supposedly going to Stanford and they begin just chatting back and forth. Mm -hmm. He, by all accounts, is just a very kind, generous young man. Mm -hmm. And like he, they just struck and he just never even, uh, never questioned, never questioned it. Um, because people, you know, looking back at it now, it's easy to be like, how did you not know? How did you not be like, hey, get on a video call? This is 2009. That wasn't as prevalent. Jesus, was there even video? Yeah, like, I our, mean, you didn't, our phones did not we, really have that capability. Right, well we were flip-phoning at that yeah. point. Um, and certainly a 19-year-old uh, student at, mm -hmm. you know, from a poor family, that's what they're not. Yeah. Long story short, he ends up in a relationship with this girl who is, turns out, is a 20-year-old dude from California. Mm -hmm. um, the twist in all of this is that, uh, and this relationship goes on for a while, and the dude is, like, in love with him legitimately mm -hmm. and has kind of, and, like, I'm give, I would be giving it away by using the pronoun. Um, that person now identifies as a transgender woman. Mm -hmm which totally makes sense mm -hmm. because she at the time as a male 
set up this Facebook account so that she could have the types of relationships that she... What she was comfortable with and what she wanted. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, gosh, it's very easy to have some sympathy for, and maybe it's because of the way the documentary is done. The things she did were horrible. Hmm. But basically what she would do is she would like have these little interactions with other guy with guys on Facebook under this persona that she made. Mm -hmm. And she just used uh, uh, a girl at her high school yeah. uh, as the profile pictures. Of course, she's hot. And <laughs> um, as the profile pictures and added a bunch of people um, to as like family and mm -hmm. added at the time himself. It's very hard to talk about this it's, <laughs> to keep things straight. Um as a cousin, mm -hmm. uh, and the funny thing about all of this is that guy, uh, now her, is related to like, like her uncle played for, it's Tuiasasopo is his last name. Oh, okay. So Marcus Tuiasasopo, uh, cousin. Yeah. It's a uh, name that, you know. If you, it, paid, it, if yeah, you were paying attention to the you. NFL in the 90s, there was a Tuiasasopo on like yeah. a third of the teams in the NFL. And he's related to all of them. Yeah. They, like they, one was his uncle, one was his cousin. Like two, Marcus is his cousin. He had an uncle that played for the Rams, and like a, another uncle that played for uh, the 49ers. And so he understood that pressure that Manti Teo, because this guy was also legit Polynesian, not yeah. making it up. Uh, that part was true. <laughs> um, and he started because usually what would happen is you know you kind of talk for a while and then find a reason to cut off the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, he really liked this guy. And didn't want to cut it and off. And didn't want to cut it off until it got to the point where it was like, look, we got to meet face-to-face. -face. This is weird. It's yeah. getting weird at this point because um, it was always some excuse as to why they couldn't meet. And then finally it got to a point where he was going to be going out there and she got in a, air quotes, car accident. Um, and then he called as her brother mm -hmm. and said, oh, she's been in this accident. And then, like, for a month he would call every day and the you know, the, the fake brother would fake, set the phone down. She's like in a coma, set the phone down so he could hear her breathe. It was really like, like, wow. because he wanted to let go of the relationship, but then he just couldn't. Yeah. So just dragged it on and on. And then finally it was like, oh, I also have cancer. And then like one day he calls as the brother and says, oh, she died. And then it became this huge story that this guy that was going to be a number one draft pick was going through this huge adversity because mm -hmm. his fucking grandmother died the same day. That and of course the press latched onto it that it oh, was this, yeah. you know, this guy was toughing through. He had like one of the greatest games of his life that weekend, mm -hmm. and he was just like a man possessed, mm -hmm. and like he's pointing at the sky the whole time. And and then the, after the fact, uh, there was a little sister that uh, that he he you know he said this is my. The fake girl name was Lene. Well, that that was Lene's little sister, and she wants to meet you. So they actually met up. The guy that was posing as the girlfriend, mm -hmm. who was saying that she's now dead, brought the little sister to meet him, and they met like several times. Good yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell. Are you gonna watch this? Oh, I'll watch. Okay, it, yeah. I'm not even. This, gonna this sounds great. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you how the episode ends. Knowing it's not a like six to ten parter is very two parts, helpful. two hours. You're done. Yep, good. Uh, we're going to watch part two tonight because I because the way the I mean it's very well done cliffhanger wise. Like it ends on a man. I thought this was fucked up. Now like what the 
fuck, because it gets weirder. Um, awesome. So uh, we're excited about getting right, back to it tonight. Right I think it's just called The Girlfriend That Doesn't Exist or The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. Um, but man, it's really effective because I really feel for both of the people. Because 90% of the interviews are the two of them. Um, you know, separately, obviously. but um, And then some with his parents and some with his best friend. Who, like, along the way is like, I mean, I had my doubts and I had some questions. But, like, I was just so happy for him because he was so happy that, like, I didn't want to say anything. But, like, yeah, there were red flags, you know, when every time uh, there would be some... There would always be some excuse as to why they couldn't meet up. There it is. Untold, the girlfriend who didn't exist. Yeah. Onto my list. Um, there's also a couple, I don't know if, I know there's one that's out now. The The true crime stuff that Netflix does is really, really good. Um, and stuff like this. Um, what's the true crime one that's coming out at the end of this month? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I'm always happy when they're like four-parters. Uh, yeah. The Nightcrawler one was great, but man, it was too fucking long. It was like yeah. 12 hours total. Yeah, some of them, yeah, it gets indulgent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, highly recommend the, the Manti Teo uh, thing. I'm, I, I <laughs> Don't even know how to call it. It's, it's a thing. It's, it's the sort of thing that um, it was a big deal when it happened. It seemed like it was all over the place, but like you're still like, I never knew this. I never knew it was this in depth. I didn't know this part of it. Like, cause mm -hmm. you always get just kind of surface level yeah. uh, stuff, even with big news. And it takes something like this to really be like, Oh my God, this was so much more <laughs> than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, t uh, totally worth watching. Uh, I already talked about, nope, that the reason we didn't watch it was cause of the, yeah, I thought it was available. It's, it's only the still in theaters thing. Um, talked about RRR. Uh, remember I said I waited and waited and waited for the Admiral, the, uh, mm -hmm. the Korean movie, uh, to show up on a streaming service, and it never, ever did, so I finally bought it and watched it. I watched it a couple months ago. Um, it's now on the Roku channel for free, so. Of course. If you ever want to check that out, do you have a Roku? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, do you ever watch anything on the Roku channel? Uh, rarely ever, but uh, I will be watching the Weird Al movie when that comes out in November. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. yes the, the, That's right. They they they're, they just started promoting that the that date on, for it. The, yeah, I forgot that was the on Daniel Roku. Radcliffe Weird yep. Al Yankovic yep. biopic is um, going to be on Roku. Now Jam. that is a uh, music biopic that I will watch. Yeah, um, that's on Roku. That's on. Ro it's a Roku original. I'll have to pull out my Roku. <laughs> it's not even hooked up to anything. Here yep. it is. Yay! When they go uh, on all, all in on something, they do it though. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's cool. But so while you're watching Weird Al, uh, well, not while you're watching it, but uh, stay on the Roku channel and watch The Admiral. Uh, that's it's probably the best Korean blockbuster that I've, <laughs> that I've watched in the past year. Um, what else? We got anything? Um, speaking of how to not do a film that's kind of preying on uh, old sympathies, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Did you watch it? I did. Oh my god! Pause. I got to pee. I want to hear about this. <laughs> this has got me so excited, I have to pee. We'll be right back. All right, we're back um, yes. from our my pee break slash we just watched the uh, <clears throat> pitch meeting for uh, the Jurassic World. Dude, I forgot the name of it. Between Dominion? The, between the beginning of that pitch meeting and the end, I forgot the name of it. Because um, <clears throat> I, I, I have not seen it. I do not care if it's spoiled for me. Cause no. I do not care about this movie. <laughs> that seven minutes was far more entertaining than anything in that film. It is a great pitch meeting. It uh, is a great pitch fun. meeting. Because again, 
The best pitch pitch meetings are when the plots of the movies make no fucking sense, and, and that is this movie to a T. And also, I will add a, another leg onto that uh, to make a truly great pitch meeting is the higher the budget, the better. Yeah. The higher the budget, uh, plus the more yeah. nonsense the plot is, the funnier yeah, it is. Yeah, because I mean, if you're making a $5 million film and it yeah. doesn't quite work, I get it, you might not have had the resources. Right. When you're and fucking the Jurassic Park yes. films and you yes. have like two hundred and fifty yeah. million dollar budgets, right? You've had back to back billion dollar back to yeah back to back billion dollar movies, uh, but they, yeah, they've been back to back billion dollar movies. But let's be honest, the first two were not good either. No, well, see, that's the first one wasn't good, like no. the first Jurassic World, and uh, but I got it. It was it was kind of entertaining. Yeah, the second one, I I. I don't do this very often. I laughed out loud at the second one. Yeah. Several times. And not because it was trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. It is so stupid. And so... I don't know. uh, Disrespectful to its audience. Uh, (laughs) The third movie will will make you go, I might have been too hard on part two. See, now this kind of makes me... It's weird. I now kind of want to watch it. it. It is one of those where you're like... I'll never watch it again. Right. But I kind of want to watch it to, you know, but I'll, yeah. You want to watch it to see if it's as bad as they say it is. Yeah. And it 1,000% is. There is a part in this where Sam Neill looks so embarrassed. To oh, be, I'm sure To be physically there. I'm sure he is just uh, not having a good time. The, yeah. the Sam Neill thing, can we segue... <laughs> Can we segue off Jurassic Park for just a moment? Sure thing. Because uh, I can tie it in. The film pretty much does that from time <laughs> to time. Hey, if the if the film didn't have any respect for itself, yeah. the film why is, should we? Yeah, the film is like, hey, let's just get away from this plot for a minute. Um, I was watching, uh, I have not listened to the episode, but I know you guys did your Australian yes. uh, thing either this month or last month? This month. Um. A movie came across my radar, an Australian Western starring Sam Neill, or co-starring Sam Neill, uh, that I have put on my watch list that I'm going to watch very soon called Sweet Country. Oh. Um, oh, it's got Daniel Gallipolil. <laughs> sure. Um, He's in all Australian movies that involve the Outback. Well, he was. He died recently of cancer. This guy? The center dude. I oh, think that's no. Daniel Gallipolil. Yeah. Oh. It's Hamilton Morris. Okay, so it looks just like him. Jesus, I'm racist. You are, very much. Uh, it does have uh, Brian Brown in it, so that tracks. Oh, oh. What was it called again? Sweet Country? Sweet Country. Uh, do you want to pause and watch the trailer? Yes. Okay, we'll pause and watch the trailer. And then we'll, I swear we'll get back to the dinosaur movie. Uh, but I hey, wait. We, are, we are following through on exactly what this film is like. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to take a detour here. We'll be back. Okay, we're back. Uh, we just watched the trailer to Sweet Country. Um... Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been watching, uh, as part of the Video Monsters podcast that I do, we've been doing an Australia month where, I've, much like us with our Korean films, I've been learning a great deal about the history of Australia right. through their films. Um, and I was watching one called Rabbit Proof Fence, starring Kenneth Branagh. So basically what happened with you know, the white man being awful, as we always are, yep. um, c- couldn't <clears throat> stay away from the Aboriginal ladies in Australia. And any child that an Aboriginal woman had was then labeled a half-caste, which meant the the government, the, the white man government, could take those children to, like, resettlement camps and 
you know, educate them where they would then become like housekeepers and yeah. shit like that. So they could civilize them. But basically, yeah, <clears throat> they kidnapped every child that was born, you know, to a white person and an Aboriginal. Uh, horrific. You know, they kidnapped tons and tons and tons. And the Branagh character in this, he was the one man who was in charge of all Aboriginals in Australia. Jesus. Yeah. What was the name of this again? Uh, Rabbit Proof Fence. Because it was about these uh, three young girls that ran away from one of these camps. Oh, nice. It's on Criterion. And um, that's actually where I watched it. Yeah, because there's actually on Criterion uh, the films of David Gallipolil, who is one of Australia's, was one of Australia's biggest stars, an Australian uh, Australian Aboriginal man. Um, he was in, like, Walkabout. He's been in a bunch of, like... Cargo, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, you name it. Proposition. Until the end of the world. Yeah. Um, what is that one? The right. He was in the right stuff. Really? I guess. Oh, cool. It's on his. Uh... Um, but yeah, it was about these three girls that tried to make their way home through pretty much most. Because for the longest time, the rabbit-proof fence. Because they were trying to stop rabbits from getting from one side of Australia to the other. Because oh, okay. Invasive invasive species uh, did not work out super well. There's also a dingo fence also in Australia that is apparently very very long. How about the tracker? Have you seen or heard of the tracker? No, that's one of the ones on my list. I'm going to try to get to it before the good. end of the month. Uh, also starring David Gallipolil. Mm. Um, yeah, like like a lot of countries that have been run by white men, there's the a dark, dark fucking history about how they treated people. About how uh, they treat people, the people that were already there. Yeah, the people that were already there. Hey, look at this place that we discovered. What are you, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Um, I've been here a while. The, the Nicholas Rogue film Walkabout is actually... Um, brilliant fucking film about that. It's about these two young children that their dad, who is like, you know, works in Sydney or Brisbane, one of the bigger cities, uh, has just had enough of his life. So he takes his children out to the desert to murder them. Nice. Uh, Doesn't they get away and then he shoots himself. And so while these kids are lost and alone in the desert, they come across an Aboriginal boy played by a very young David Gallipolo who helps keep them alive until they get back to civilization. Right. Because he was out on his walkabout. Right. Um, more things happen than that, but that's the basis. It's a beautiful fucking film. Masterpiece. Um, but yeah, it's much like we did with our Korean films. I'm learning a ton about the history of this country through the films. Also on Criterion. Yes. <clears throat> you yeah, I, I got I, my I, finger on the Criterion pulse. Sadly, Crocodile Lundy, not, not on, on the Criterion list. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, that is one of the things I most have enjoyed about watching the Korean movies is yeah. that. Because, I don't know, at some point, you've seen one American movie in, you know... I know insert, about our Civil War. Yeah, insert know. whatever genre you want. Um, you kind of seen them all. That doesn't mean I'm, like, out on American movies. I'm not that kind of snobby dick. But yeah. uh, it is, that's one of the, that is one of the draws to all the Korean movies I've watched. Because it is cool to, like... Like, I talk all the time about how, how big a deal food is in mm-hmm. the Korean movies and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I've just, I have, since, uh, you know, you guys are talking about it, and um, this one was actually on a Darren Van Dam thing for Best <clears throat> Movies on Prime. Um, and he mentioned, uh, he said it's, it's, he said it's along the same lines of the proposition, which he said it's still probably a better movie, but this one's really good. Mm-hmm. Um so that led me to that, and then I just added three more that you just talked about. Yeah. So um, I'm going to watch a bunch of these. Um, and I mean, and it's a it's a big fucking place. There's a yeah. lot of 
you think of Australia, you think of like, okay, there's Sydney and then there's the Outback. Right. Um, you don't realize that the distance from like one coast to the other coast is the same as from Maine to Los Angeles. Yeah. It is it, fucking huge. But because again, white men make the maps. Yeah. It's been woefully, un- you know, it's the only country that's also a continent. Right. But it's also been woefully undersized on almost all maps. <laughs> and the areas where the people live is a fraction yeah. of the size there is a, of the country. There's a lot of unhospitable country out there. Like a... Where people actually do live. <laughs> a population map of Australia would just look like uh, someone has highlighted the coast on the southern border. Yeah. Because um, that's where, you know, Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne are. Melbourne's yeah. top right. Yeah. And then, I think so. And then down to... And then there's Perth, which is far, yeah. far, far left. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, because you And that's about it. Yeah, because you'll hear these people, they're like, oh, well, we're going from Sydney to Perth. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that sounds nice. And you're like, oh, no, that's... Yeah. That's a long... That would be that would be two straight days of driving if yeah. it was with interstate highways. Because the, um, uh, the Mr. Sunday Movies guys are from Melbourne. Yeah, I think right? so, yeah. Because they will occasionally talk about going to Sydney, which is up the coast. Yeah, I forget which way they are. So I'm see. I don't. Yeah. I got to start watching these movies because I don't. Yeah, I don't we know have, the layout. We have a, a filmmaker friend uh, on the video monsters. Name's Robert Woods. Um, he is also Australian, so he he will throw in because yep. for the for the episode where we did our our punch out, I, I brought a Foster's. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, nobody fucking drinks. Nobody drinks. <laughs> it's like no one drinks Corona in Mexico. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, what are you? What is that? Yeah. He he, he laughed because he's like, is that all you could find? I'm yeah. like, yes, it is. He's like, that makes sense. Dude, I'm in Dover, <laughs> Maine. <laughs> yeah, like that is. The, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Foster's beer was like big here for a while because it's Australian for beer. Well, the marketing worked. Yeah, it did. Apparently, it did, and they are giant beers. They're like twenty. Eight ounces or thirty-two ounces. I couldn't. I only finished about four sips, and I'm like, that is enough of that shit. I the most uh, most of my Australian culture knowledge comes from uh, Men at Works down under. Yeah, or Crocodile Dundee. <coughs> Mostly down under. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I know Vegemite. what veg, that's why I know what Vegemite is. Yep. Um, geez, maybe that, that maybe that's it. Maybe that's all I know. Yeah. Uh, that and listening to Mr. Sunday movies. No, but they've got actually a, a pretty good like Australian. Uh, there's a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood you should watch that is all about, like, the 70s Australian film movement. That's, like, where yeah. uh, George Miller came up and yeah. a bunch of... Brian Trenchett-Smith, who is a director who's been on a lot of, like, exploitation films. His new movie is out, uh, George Miller's. Yes, that came out this week. I've seen Mixed. It will still be enjoyable. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> but it, it, it's a great documentary about the exploitation film movement. But th- then again, you also get people like Jane Campion. Who is Australian? Yeah, or she might be New Zealand, but she makes films in Australia. Um, it's tough because I never want to confuse those because I feel like they get angry. They do, yeah, so uh, especially you... New Zealanders. Yeah, get angry when like, they. I know Taika is a New Zealander, right? Because <laughs> uh, Sam Neill is actually a New Zealander. Yeah, um, but he's in Australian movies. Yeah. Uh, but they have actually a really good like film industry there. Um, our, like I said, my friend Robert, who made a film, a small independent horror film, but he. Because uh, when we were talking about the for- the movie Fortress, which anyone who's our age who knows HBO movies watched Fortress as a kid, right. he actually worked for Rachel Ward when she was directing. He was one of her runners. Nice. <laughs> when he was a younger man. Uh, yeah, I, so I think I'll, um, having not watched even the first one in this little episode, um, 
that'll be my kind of next thing is adding the Australian ones because also a ton. and there's yeah because it, it seems I I mean I haven't even I haven't even really looked yet and I've already yeah. added like no trust me when you if you watch the not quite <clears throat> not quite Hollywood yeah. documentary the first like half an hour it's gonna be films you're not gonna watch yeah. But, like, once it gets into, like, the 80s stuff, you're going to be like, oh, that looks insane. Yeah. Like, I watched one film called Stunt Rock. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not a very good movie. There's... But it, it's it's about it's about a stuntman in Hollywood um, who is Australian, and he is a real Australian stuntman. Okay. Um, and the film is just basically an excuse for him to hang out with a band that this production company tried to make into a thing um, that we're, we're not very good. So the the film alternates between him doing stunts to impress a woman and then them at like the concerts for this band. It's a very weird film because it's not really a good film about either. But it's, oh yeah, I get it's it. just kind of fun to watch him do the stunts. And yeah. then you're like, oh, it's another band segment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like yeah. they don't go together. They do not go together uh, well. It's at just all. you just had two ideas and they're like, I'll give you enough money to do one. <laughs> they're like, all right, we'll just combine them. Yeah, uh, uh, but it, it's cool because you learn about who that guy is as a stuntman and it shows. In the film, some of his other stunts that he's done for other movies, like he was in a film called Mad Dog Morgan with um, oh Christ, Dennis Hopper, okay, where he gets set on fire and thrown into a lake, which is a fucking awesome stunt. Um, worth watching Mad Dog Morgan, because it is the most out of it I've ever seen Dennis Hopper in a film. All right. Come on now. No, no, no. Come on now. There are times I don't think I don't think he realizes he's in a movie. He doesn't, doesn't even know the cameras are rolling. Yeah, he, he's in like a weird fucking out. He's in like a weird old like 1920s Australian outfit and shooting guns that don't really shoot. But the look at his high says, this is real. The director's like, no, keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't know. The film was so insane. Uh, the, the actor I told you about, David Gallipolo, had to leave for two weeks to go on a walkabout to talk talk to the trees. <laughs> and then when he came back, they're like, "What did the t- trees tell you?" He's like, "That D- Dennis Hopper is insane." Yeah. And they're like, "We didn't need to go you on a walkabout, dude. Yeah, we could we could have saved you some time." Yeah, but it, there are times where he's talking in that film that you know he is not on script. Because every yeah. you can see the the other actors in the scene all kind of like are we still going doing that look around the room yeah. like what what should I do here? Absolutely. Also directed by Brian Shinkin Smith. Um, insane film, but it was kind of fun. Kind of film to watch Dennis Hopper just be out of his fucking mind. <laughs> like him in Apocalypse Now is mild compared to this film. Well, in, in Apocalypse Now, it's it's. Uh, he is meant to be and is an over-the-top character. He's a Stark. Oh, he is in uh, this, though, too. Punch in the face. He, he's like he's like Australia's <clears throat> Billy the Kid in this film. Okay. <laughs> is he doing an accent? No. Okay. No, because he's he's British, I think. Gotcha. Even though he's not doing a British accent either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually makes it better. I think sometimes he kind of lapses into it. Like, yeah. he, he remembers for a minute he's supposed to be acting. Yeah. Yeah, just... Congratulations on being able to complete a film in that situation, guys. Well done. Is it? That's funny. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently when the film ended, they put him on a plane. Like, as soon as the last shot was over, they put him on a plane <laughs> and banned him from the country. Fuck out of here. Yeah, please don't uh, ever fucking come back. It's actually a great um, kind of continuation of what I've already been doing this year is, because uh, a lot of these are Westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, in the Van, Darren Van Dam video, <clears throat> he was talking about uh, like how, like how much he loves uh, Australian, you know, 
air quotes, Western style. You know, mm-hmm. West calling it Western is idiotic, but like Western genre. Yeah. Um, you know, because there are a lot of similarities. Oh, the proposition between, is 100% a Western. 100%. But like, I, I mean, like geographically, it's silly to call them Westerns because Western refers specifically yeah, to the United States. They are States. as part of the East as you can get. <laughs> right. Uh, so when I say Western, I mean genre-wise. Uh, he said because it's very similar to like the American Westerns we see in the American West, but it's just different enough because it's, you know, going by, because we had very kind of similar histories, mm-hmm. uh, similar issues with uh, the place that we discovered that already had people living on it. Um <clears throat> He said, "That's what's so great about it because they are—they're very similar to the to the westerns you're used to, mm-hmm. but like it's got the, like a different, it's got like a twist to it, uh, and a bit of an edge, a bit more of an edge to them oh, than yeah. than uh, what your traditional yeah, they, American they, they'll westerns go a little darker. Yeah. Um, so I have been on a western kick this year. I've watched mm-hmm. probably a dozen um, this year. So this will be kind of a transition into going into a new uh, area of mm-hmm. watching foreign movies." along with staying with my Western theme, because I was thinking about it um, as he was talking, and I had those, and I had the ones that you've been talking about, because I do have a fondness and a weird kind of uh, ominous feel about, I'm still kind of, uh, I, I almost don't want to watch Fortress, because I don't know if I'd feel the same about it. You would. Yeah. When I it's rewatch still, it. still, like, it's, unsettling. And, oh, it's so, it, it'll be more unsettling. Really? Because there's going to be shit you didn't notice, because you okay. were a kid. Okay, okay. Like, Spoilers, sorry guys. You remember at the end when they kill that dude? Sure. Okay, did you know they had his heart in a jar in the classroom? Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Because at the end of the film, it's something I couldn't remember, the police chief comes and is like, there's some inconsistencies with your story. You know, there's no way the guy could have died from these injuries. Dan that nailed that about. accent. I did. They were like, holy shit, did they bring in an Australian for that? Um... And they're Probably ta- better than Hoppers. Yes. <laughs> and they're talking, you know, to the teacher that, you know, some, and she's just like, you know, have these children been through enough, blah, blah, blah. And they're the, the and the officer's talking. And meanwhile, the kids are kind of circling around him and kind of giving him that look. And the officer <laughs> notices it and is like, all right. Getting a, just, little, getting a little children of the corny. Well, that's the thing. And he's like, well, there's no way, you know, he could have been dismembered. Yeah. And then you're just like, they fucking dismembered him? Nice. And then as he leaves, it pans across the room, and you see there's a heart, a human heart in a jar. And I'm like, there's no way that it just sat on that for no reason. Nice. And you're like, they took that fucking dude's heart. Those of you who don't know, Fortress is about a bunch of school children that get kidnapped and taken out to the outback and fight back against their kidnappers. Yep. It's dark. It's a dark... It's like the Goonies if it was, like, hard. Well, you, you, you were certain the Fratellis like, were going to murder them all. It's like Goonies. Oh, rape and murder them all. Goonies, but Lord of the Flies yeah. uh, version. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have that feeling about that. You know, you have a very distinct feeling about that movie. Even the the early Mad Maxes are kind of have that unsettling feeling oh, about them. So much Australian uh, cinema does. Yeah. So much of it does. So I really like all that. And like even recent ones, uh, another real bright, uh, cheery movie, These Final Hours, was mm-hmm. one that I watched last year, which is terrific. Um, and it, because it handles, I mean, these are all just fucking dreary-ass well, movies, aren't they? Well, <laughs> the God. proposition was directed by John Hillcoat. Yes. Whose big American first film, was, was the, the road? Was the cheerful, upbeat film yeah. The Road? Which I have still never watched. Oh. Still never watched. Oh. 
Uh, you should. I know. You should. It's fucking brilliant. But again, it's one of those where you're like, okay, I've watched that. Doesn't I mean? I don't think be, I need to watch it again. Would it be better just to punch myself in the nuts like every <laughs> twenty minutes for like a three hour span? Just boom. Yeah, kind of. Uh, then never watch the Nightingale. Oh, I won't. Don't worry. Because that film, again, uh, uh, it's another Australian film uh, directed by Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook. It does look cool, though. I've oh, had, I have had it, I think it's, it's still on my watch list. It's a brilliant fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Good goddamn. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh. I've watched the trailer. Yeah. I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, I don't it's know. one of those where I just watch it and I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. This woman went for it. Yeah. She's like, oh, you thought this movie made you uncomfortable? Yeah. Sorry, gents. You just wait. I need to watch it again because I bought like a del- like a really nice deluxe edition of it out of uh, Second Sight, which is a UK-based company. They do fucking brilliant fucking box sets of shit. But it's still sitting on my shelf. I'm like, you still never watched it again? Nope. I'm like, because I watch it because it, it's... <laughs> streamed on Hulu like two years ago. Like, yes, that was like yes, that, that's where it was in my playlist. That was like I mean in my big watch list. American release was on Hulu. Yep. Um, and I watched it, and I'm just like, someone's gonna accidentally click on this, yeah. and not know what and they've not know what they've into. gotten into. Um, because um, it, it's a whole genre. The whole, I mean, this they start out big in the '70s and early '80s. The rape revenge genre. Yep. The ice pit in your graves. Exactly. This film takes that and goes even darker. Um, and it's a period piece. And it's a period piece. Which somehow makes it more depressing. Yep. And it's... Because you're like... Because be, you can just watch and go, this has happened a thousand times over. It seems to be... And it's... Yeah, and been happening for 400 years or whatever. Yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the entire movie is either at night or it's incredibly overcast. Pretty much. Okay. It's not a cheer... Yeah. It's, it's much like the road. Not much you, color. Yeah. There's not a lot of sunlight into the cheer you yeah. up. Yeah. It's bleak. Um, <laughs> it is the very definition of bleak. The funny thing about these final hours, yeah, it takes place over a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. However, <laughs> it is an apocalypse movie, but it's an apocalypse that has technically already happened, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Like oh, Australia's it's always, got a couple of films like that. It's always uh, something is coming uh, or something's going to happen. This has happened. The meteor has struck Earth. The the planet killing meteor has. Oh, it was, that was directed by Zach Hilditch. Okay. What? These final these hours. final hours. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I don't know who that is. I uh, he, uh, he did nineteen twenty two. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, I did not. I would never have made that connection. Um. Yeah. So this is the meteor has already hit. It hit in like Iceland or something. So like North America and stuff are, are already wiped out. But it's going to take like six hours before the shockwave hits Australia. And that's what this movie is. So it's like crazy depressing. Uh, but it's a gorgeous day. Uh, oh, apparently it's on Peacock right now, but leaving soon. These final hours is? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's well worth a watch. It's also like 88 minutes or something. You can also buy it on Vudu for like eight bucks. So. Yeah, I think I got it. Uh, it was four ninety nine at some point. It pops up. It pops up pretty often. Um, but definitely worth watching. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, has a very young. Uh, it's basically two people. It's a it's a road trip movie with mm-hmm. two people. It's the guy, and it's also uh, Betty Brant from the the Spider Man movies. Oh, cool. Uh, she's like <clears throat> 10, 12, yeah. or whatever. So speaking, this is the bleak opening. Uh, there's like six hours left for everyone on the planet to live. 
so he's on his way to try to get to, because he's on his own and his girlfriend lives like three hours away, and he's trying to get to her before the end of the world, and on the way there, he sees uh, Angori Rice, a 10 or 12-year-old, being dragged into a house by two dudes. Mm-hmm. So the cheery, uh, cheery movie cheerily opens with an attempted child kidnap slash rape. <clears throat> so he goes in and beats the shit out of the two guys and takes her, and then that's what the movie becomes. It's an awesome movie. It's at its core, it's every yeah. grizzled dude with you know that that doesn't want to take on the kid but does because yeah. it's the right thing to do, sort of thing. Um, but great movie, and again, very quick. Um, things don't end well. I mean, obviously, but I guess they end about well, as don't in they end films. about as well, it's. It's got as happy an ending as it could yep. <laughs> for a movie that ends with everyone dying. Uh, yeah, totally worth a watch, though. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah, they jumping all, into these They do a things. lot of, like, post-apocalypse. I mean, obviously the Mad Max films. Um, right. But there, there's others out there. Because um, what happened, uh, they had severe censorship laws. Like, in really? the early, like, late 60s, early 70s. Um, that they started to fight back against, so they they really yeah, leaned really into, went into went for it. Yeah, we're gonna show you nothing but dick and violence, yep. you know. Um, and then dicks there, and blood sometimes at the same time. Yeah, and then from there, shit just went either really bleak or really really wacky. And Ma- yeah. The Mad Max films are kind of in the middle. in the middle of that, <clears throat> um, and ended yeah. up being the most popular. Yeah, by far, <laughs> by far. Um, yeah, we almost Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome almost won. Yeah, because neither of them had ever seen Thunderdome, and I was really like, yeah. Well, again, it's that age. I guess but by then, but I would think something like that would be no, be more it, likely maybe. Well, I, I mean, if you've only if you've got like you got to watch a Mad Max film. Yeah, oh, yeah. usually you're go to like Road The Road Warrior. Warrior or Fury Road. Right. Um, you don't even usually go back to the first Mad Max. No, that was actually <laughs> not that good. Um, so you rarely <laughs> ever go to Thunderdome. Whereas our could, age group, Thunderdome was our first Mad Max. It was one most of us yes. saw first. Correct. And I, it yeah, was I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you, I, oh, I mean, this is not saying anything crazy. It was also rated PG-13, which was huge, yeah. meaning it was on all day on HBO. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you I've seen that one way more than I've seen Road Warrior. But if I ever, like you just said, if I ever watch a Mad Max movie, it's either two or four. Yeah. Uh, it's never... One so three. I went and watched. I went back and rewatched it. It it, it still has the same problems, <laughs> but it's still it's, especially that first hour is just so good. Yeah. When they're in Barter Town, yeah, that shit is just so good. It goes a little off the rails for me once he turns into fucking Peter Pan with the fucking children. For the, like, yeah, the last, yeah, that's where it kind of loses me. But yep. it's still it's still a very very solid film. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it because I I think I I don't think I own one or three. I think I just have ah. two four, um, and I think <laughs> I think they're all four ninety nine right now. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, uh, I bet on Voodoo you could probably get a nice set of all of them. I'm guessing it's I'm guessing it's because his new movie just came out because uh, yep. I've seen the the they've all been in the uh, four ninety nine for the last couple weeks. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll buy one. I don't know. But finally, back to Jurassic Park. Yeah, so so long story short, that's why Jurassic Park was terrible. Um, yeah, no, it, it really is. It was <laughs> it was an obscenely bad film. Well, in the time that uh, we started talking about it, and now uh, 
um, while we were on our break, I was like, because that movie's on whatever, it's free. This would be, because Colin wants to see it. This would be a good movie to watch tonight. Maybe he, I'll watch it. He will get bored with it. <laughs> That's, because that the dinosaurs are off screen for so... The thought of a film where the dinosaurs are now out in the world. Yeah. That seems amazing. And that's having people hunt down, like, literally, again, Chris Pratt is not a great actor when it comes to certain things. No. He is, he nails Andy Dwyer. Yes. He nails Star Lord. Yes. Him as a Clint Eastwood type badass. Right. He's fucking terrible. He is a joke at that. Um, He has zero chemistry with Bryce Dallas Howard. Zero. You find out at the beginning of the film that they live together. I don't buy it. I yeah. Well, that was. I don't buy it a bit that those two are in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Ever. Not in any of the movies. You never. I don't believe you. And like the the girl that they're protecting, you know, they, they she gets spotted and kidnapped, and at the same time they take the blues baby dinosaur too, because if you're sent to kidnap a girl, why not kidnap the raptor as well? Oh, and Blue can produce asexually, can reproduce asexually because of Good. genetics. Because of whatever. reasons. Because of reasons. There is, however, the, the best moment in the whole film was they have rescued the girl. And Chris Pratt's like, I need to go back for whatever the fucking blues kid is called. I can't remember. They named it in the trailer. <laughs> but, I don't care. And and Jeff Goldblum is like, like why? And he was like, because I made a promise. And Jeff Goldblum just gives him this look. You made a promise to a dinosaur? Yeah, I was just going to say, to who? And that was the whole, that was like the best moment of the film because you realize how everything you're watching is so fucking stupid. So, this is again, on the level with. Once again, did Jeff Goldblum not know if they were not uh, were filming or not? He, was, he yeah. was just, Jeff Goldblum, the person, was just legitimately saying that. Yeah. This this was and again, there's another moment too where he talks about where he's gone to work for that company that's creating the crops that won't yeah. be eaten by the yeah. bugs they've created, and he's just like Biosyn. Yeah, and he, at one yeah, great name by the sounds, way. It sounds I was going to say it sounds like something that would have been in Marvel Comics in the eighties. Yeah, something. It sounds like a company that they're uh, going after an obtainium next. <laughs> you know, right? Um, but he's just like I. He has a sign where he's like. Because all these bright minds have gone to work for this company. And he's like, I think I might have lent, it, lent my name to the wrong agency. I've given credence just by being here. Right. And I'm like, this feels very meta at the moment. Kind of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, where it's like, Jeff Goldblum does not want to be in this film. He realizes what he has signed up for. And it's terrible. Because it's much like Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Where you're like, oh, cool. I'm going to learn about young Darth Vader and young Obi-Wan. And you're like, no, you're going to learn about trade negotiations, right. motherfucker. And embargoes. Right. This is all like the dinosaurs have taken over the world, but no, you're going to learn about cr- genetic crop manipulation. <laughs> it's it seems crazy. Oh, that and that's where also they ended going up. to be in the middle of it a Mission Impossible movie with Chris Pratt, but it's a terrible Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> Speaking of terrible, I just took uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in a legitimate four money fantasy league. Wow. Is this one of your final picks? I'm taking it. The very I had the number one pick, so I had the very last pick. Uh, here's my galaxy brain idea. I've been taking Garoppolo lately. If I needed, if I had kind of a luxury pick at the end of my drafts, where yeah. all my positions are pretty well filled, and I can just kind of tack on whoever, because uh, a lot of times I need a tight end at that point, or yeah. I need a fifth running back or something. But in the ones where I'm pretty good everywhere else, if I have drafted a Seahawk, I take Jimmy Garoppolo on the off chance because. 
the landing spots are getting slimmer and slimmer, mm -hmm. and they certainly aren't going to keep him on. They, they don't even let him in the building in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> he is not on the team. Yeah. But if he's on their 53-man roster, he gets $23 million. They ain't going to do that. Yeah. He's going to be with someone. Yeah. And the most likely place is Seattle because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So anytime I have a luxury pick at the end and I've drafted a Seahawk, I take Jimmy G. Just in case it works out. Yep. You never. It's not like he can't put up numbers. No, and he can run your offense. He's yeah. not great, but he can run your offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, he's played in the Super Bowl. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't do that <laughs> if you're terrible. Yeah. I mean, yes, the running game and the defense got them there, but yeah. you can't do that if you're terrible. Yeah. Anyway, that was my little Jimmy G uh, reasoning. So, still better than any of the twists. That were in Jurassic Park, I mean Jurassic World Dominion. Well, what I was going to say is, like, it's, this is such an easy movie to make. Yep. And you there didn't, and you didn't do it. They made the exact wrong choice. Yeah. Every single like, time. And it's not like, well, we can't show the dinosaurs out in the world because we don't have the budget. Right. Yes, you do. Exactly. Because that, yes, that would do. be, I was going to say, and usually when something like this happens... It's because there just isn't enough money to do it, to do, you know, whatever it is. What was the movie I watched recently that was super low budget, so it was okay that you didn't see the yeah. calamity going on or yeah. whatever. It was like, no, I get why this yeah. is a small movie. It's got a small budget. But, like, this, you have no excuse. Yeah. You could have shown dinosaurs. They had the money to show dinosaurs 100% of the time. Yep. And just fucking didn't. Yeah. Like, why do you think? Why do you think your movies have made this much money? Yeah. And they showed it, like, like I said in the pitch movie. <clears throat> at the very beginning, it had like a news segment. About yeah. All, and it, like, I'm like, oh my god, this sounds fucking cool. Maybe the critics were just too harsh. <laughs> Ten minutes later, you're like, no, they were not. <laughs> they did not warn me enough. Yeah, that is a that's a thing that you get in a lot of uh, a lot of those type of things where there's a, a lazy exposition mm -hmm. for the first couple of minutes. You're like. Oh, I want to see that movie. Yeah. I want to see Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting in the Civil War. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're not, not getting that. You're not gonna. Yep. Um, God, what was the other one? Oh, like the uh, one of the Transformers movies. Oh, the the back in mythical times one. Like I have not seen that one. Oh, I haven't either. Uh, I kind of want to though. I do too. Um, but I know it's not any good. Have you? Been, it's kind of getting old now. But have you been watching the uh, whatever movie? But it. Uh, if it was made in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> it just has Linkin Park playing in the background over the final <laughs> scene of a movie. I don't know why. I laughed at it at least 10 times. It is, it is funny, yes. Because it, it's it's not even like that complicated a joke. Yeah. But, but it works. For some reason, it's funny every single time. Uh, how did we get there? It doesn't matter. Transformers, um, bad choices, Jurassic Park, bad yeah, choices. Yeah, so... Uh, show the fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. Do a dinosaur story. But they story. do show them just doing boring shit. Like, oh, look, here's some dinosaurs walking. Cool. Because you, I mean, I understand the need um, to build the bigger, badder dinosaur each time because the wonder only happens the first time. Yeah. After that, you can't just keep doing that. That's why the first one is still so great. But it's like, I don't need a bigger, badder, genetically created dinosaur right. every time because... Dinosaurs are fucking terrifying they're, on their they're, own. They're big and bad enough. Yeah, because like the ending of the film when they've all because I get what Biosyn has been doing all along is any of the dinosaurs that are out in the world that they can capture, they capture and take them to this valley in 
Italy or some shit. Is that the valley they were talking yeah. about in that? Okay. Where they're contained. The containment, of course, goes wrong. What? I know. <laughs> um, I mean, you can only go so many ways alone, with these. Sounds like, why would you do that? Why would you... If they're in the U.S., why are you shipping them overseas? That just seems like a bad idea. And it doesn't seem like it would be logistically smart. Because um, it feels like Europe's much... I mean, Europe is not small. It's still rather large. But dinosaur gets loose over there. It's going to run through like 10 countries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everything's a lot uh, tighter packed in that yeah. neighborhood. Um, so it's like, it's just like one of those decisions you just never understand why that's even a choice. Right. Like, why, why did you even think of this to be a choice? Why didn't... Why didn't you just have, this could have jet, but again, so then they can jet set from the Mission Impossible scene to the other side of, you know, Europe. Well, yeah, that's. Where, where, where uh, again, I can't remember his name, but Chris Pratt's character can ride a motorcycle through the streets in a chase. Speaking about, speaking of wanting to be Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, I, it feels like that's the answer to every question is, is, again, to quote many, many, many pitch meetings, so the movie can happen. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. But when the decisions get so... This movie could have happened anyway. Yeah. Without any of those right. choices. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to make that dumb decision. You've just made me... You've taken me out of the movie because yeah. now I'm thinking about that. Yeah. When it you, was you, you made the choice to make the film bigger than the characters that you started with. Yeah. <laughs> you can't... This is, this is the making the Fast and Furious crew super spies. Because the film has gone beyond them stealing fucking DVD players at this point. <laughs> they weren't, were they DVD? Yeah, they were yeah. DVD players. Combination. DVD yes, players. right. I was going to say, there was, there was a VHS component, wasn't there? So putting fucking, you know, ludicrous in space. Right. Because that's what you need to happen now. Right. You have realized you have written yourself into some shit. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, you again, can't it, go back. You can't go back. So having a dude whose sole job was dinosaur training. Right. Oh, he was in the military. Right. Again, yeah. They talk about how he does the hand movement all the time. It's yeah. like, and again, in the movies, it fucking works every time. He dinosaur comes, he goes, oh, oh no. And it's like, that doesn't work. Right. Like, if you the train. The whole reason that worked is because he, tra- he trained those raptors from right. birth. Like, and even then, it doesn't work all the time. If, I mean, this doesn't translate well to a podcast, but if I make this hand motion to Gertie, she sits mm-hmm. because I trained her to do that. Yeah. If I did that to someone else's dog, they would be like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. What the fuck are you talking I'm about? I'm going to bite that hand. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they have no idea. Like, yeah. but Gertie will, like, drop when yeah. you do that. But Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard's character, not coming on, not saying that because she's a female, she can't do this. She was the head of a corporation. She was, like, a manager. Also evil. Also, and, and terrible at her job. And a terrible aunt. You cannot then make her a super... You cannot yeah. then make her, like, almost a super spy who is running around <laughs> well, doing shit. It makes as much sense as turning yeah. Tej into a super spy because yeah. he was once involved in, involved in illegal street racing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, but they've done so without the wink and the nod like, fan, like Fast and the Furious right. movies have. They, right. they, like you said, other than Vin Diesel, most of those people know they are in a ridiculous film. Yes. Um... They do not treat this Jurassic World film like it's ridiculous. They treat it like it should be super serious and heartwarming and a gut punch. Yeah. And you're just like, this is fucking awful. <laughs> if, if, if if cancer hadn't killed Crichton, this would have. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, horrible people, too. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I might watch this now. 
You, you almost it? have to. Is this going to be my first one-star movie? I'm trying to remember what I gave it. I, 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 I did not rank it highly, that is for sure. I gotta go, I mean, I, I know I shouldn't rank something, but I think I ranked something it, before I see it. There's Tilly. I think I ranked it higher than a one-star, just because there Tilden, are parts Tilden, of it. Tilden. Hello, okay, we're gonna pause. Tilly is freaking out. Alright, we're back. Um, yeah, uh, I gave it two-star. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I gave it the same star grade I gave How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Why did you watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Because... It was one of those discussions where Andrea had made a reference to the film. Okay. Because we were talking about ferns, because we have a fern. Yeah. And she made a reference to a love fern, and I'm like, what, what the, the hell does What that the fuck mean? are you talking about? Right. And she's like, oh, from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and I'm like, I have never seen that film. Like, and when she made that reference, we happened to be at a Goodwill, and I'm like, okay, here's a copy on the shelf for three bucks. I'm going to buy it. Let's watch it, because again, it's a McConaughey blank spot. Right. Um, I am nothing if not a completist. <laughs> um, so even if a film looks like it sucks, if I have not seen a film from an actor I like before, I will watch it. It is terrible. Yes, yeah, I just can't. I can't. I couldn't, it, I couldn't it, even get through something It's like one that. of those films where they both play people at the top of their careers yeah. and then give you no reason as to, to believe why. that. Like, he's an ad executive and yeah. he wants this big diamond ad. Um, you know... He wants to be fucking Don Draper. And the big brilliant idea he has for these diamonds is women. Is frost your, frost yourself. To put on diamonds means you're putting on frosting like a cupcake. So you are frosting yourself. And everyone's like, brilliant! And I'm like, no. Is it Kate Hudson? Yes. Okay. One, of, was... one, of, one, of their, one of their couple films that they've been in together. I it's... just can't... I like. If you were to somehow scale how much I want to see a movie, yeah, <clears throat> movies like that, I think would be at the absolute bottom. It took me three days. I watched an hour. I just don't think I could do it. I watched an hour at bed one night, did not watch it the next night, and then watched the fifth. And also, hour and fifty minutes. No. Um, it, what? Yeah, it was an hour and fifty minutes long. Oh, no way. Um, she also, she's like a writer for like Cosmo who's writing the article, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And then when it like later in the film reads excerpts from her article, they're very poorly written. <laughs> I'm like, no one in this film is good at their job. And it's yeah. just, a, it's, they're awful people. Like it's people, the film, okay. <laughs> Dan is she, a lot for words. She is writing an article, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Because yeah. her friend who is played by, um. Oh, Christ. It doesn't matter. No, it does, because she's the one fucking bright spot in the film. Um, Janine Garofalo. No. she would be the, in something like that. Agatha. Oh, Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn plays okay. her friend, who does everything wrong and drives men away. So she does this, so she's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this thing where I pick a guy to date. I'm going to date him for 10 days, and I'm going to do everything horrible so that he runs away. Dumps you. So she is being a terrible person on purpose. This is a um, this is a wonderful exercise. Yes, he plays an ad exec who wants this diamond, yeah, um, account. The the two girls who work for the agency have already gotten it, but he's like makes a bet with them. But I'm going to find a woman to fall in love with me, and I bet I can make her fall in love with me before this meeting. And if I do, I get the account. 
I hate this. Premise. So he's lying to her by trying to make her fall <laughs> yeah, in yeah, love yeah. with him. Yeah, She's yeah. trying to drive him away. And against all odds, they fall in love anyway. There you go. I but don't worry, they both find out for a while yeah. and, and clash yeah. heads. You got to have that at about the fucking but there are also minute mark. Many scenes where they're big because they're both big basketball fans. Where they're at the NBA finals numerous times, where the Kings are playing the Knicks. I hate the premise of this movie. Like, it really, it may, it's. I'm getting angry. Yeah, it's it's awful people doing awful things, who are all awful at their jobs. I just. It was a tough watch. I get it because, and Andrea, it's she she likes stupid romantic comedies. Yeah. And I I, I, I can yeah. understand that because again I watch some stupid fucking action films sure. sometimes where I'm like nope. Nobody should love Streets of Fire as much as I do, right. but I do. Right. Um, she. So I, I will, again, I will watch these films some, once in a while, because I still have to watch Failure to Launch at some point, because i got to complete my reconnaissance. Um, I think he's in that one. With, I think that's the other one with Kate Hudson, because they were in two. Either that or Sarah Jessica Parker, right? Oh, shit, that Failure to Launch might have been her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... They're playing the same character. Yeah. I, obviously, every all movies have a have a uh, an audience. Yes. Or most movies have an audience. But again, I put this film on the same level as Jurassic Park as far as my star rating. And you're generous. I am very generous. You're you're usually well. I oh, think Fool's Gold was what was the one with Kate Hudson and McConaughey. Okay. Now were these all like <laughs> that's currently on oh, HBO shit. Max? I have. Uh, sorry, I just reached into my pocket. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I dropped one. <laughs> I have, uh, from now until, actually, I guess it's from now until January, uh, three months prior to surgery, and then three months after the second surgery, I'm supposed to be taking these vitamins, and I had put them in my pocket before I came downstairs <laughs> today, and, uh, they're still in there. Um, so I will take those right now. Well... Uh, like so these were all like 2005 to 2010 ish. Yeah, Fool's Gold is also an hour and fifty two minutes long. Holy shit! Usually, the one thing you can count on with those types of movies is they will be minutes. ninety to hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Yep. What's the? Uh, shoot, that just reminded me of something. I can't. Remember oh, what Ghosts it was. of Girlfriends Past. Who was he in with that one? Oof. Jennifer That's Garner. Jennifer Garner. Fool's Gold. Fail- failure to launch is the Sarah Jessica Parker. Terry Bradshaw's in that film? What the fuck? Maybe he's the dad. He's okay, yeah. He's like the fourth person listed. You know you got a good movie when Terry B is uh number four. I have to lose a guy in ten days. Okay, so that was the start. God. He went from fucking Reign of Fire to How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Ouch, dude. Oh, well, no, he was also in The Wedding Planner. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which one is that? That's the one with Jennifer Lopez. Holy shit. That was 2001. He probably made some bank, though. In those. Oh, oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm I bet sure he made his I, money. I bet they don't take long to shoot. I hope right? Not. I mean, there's no... I don't know. Fool's Gold, there's, a, there's some treasure hunting involved, so that one might. But most of them on it, like your How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, it's just like mostly in an office or an apartment or a restaurant, am I guessing? Is that correct? Oh, and at the yeah. Knicks games? Yeah. He was also in a film called Gold. 
tote both fool, fool's gold and gold. Oh, gold also had Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> God, he's been in a lot of shit. Just a lot of shit. <clears throat> there, took my vitamins. Um, yeah, I did see that one on your list, and I, 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 I meant to write it down. <laughs> I knew that would be a questions. bunch of people going like, uh, up with this? what is up with this? But again... It's a blank spot because even gotta, when you were watch it. even when you were watching like a lot of uh, all the '90s movies, <laughs> you were for the most part staying away from stuff like like yeah. like that just is outright awful. Yeah, although a lot of it didn't hold up, uh, mm-hmm. like your Empire Records and stuff like that. I yeah. hate that that movie is so culturally loved because it is just not. It's good. It's a dreadful movie. It's just not good. Yeah, I get there are some great scenes in it, but yeah. man, it does not hold together well. No, I remember I remember I remember it very well because I do re- recall like the first time you watch it it's like, "Oh, that was pretty cool." Yeah. Cuz we were all that, that age yeah. and but man, the much like reality bites. Yeah, the further you get from it and then go back and watch it it's like, "Man, this movie is awful." Mm-hmm. Awful. Um I don't think I've seen Reality Bites. I don't think I've seen it more than once. Oof. Or at least I probably haven't seen it in it is a painful since watch the nineties. It I is bet. a painful watch now. I bet. <clears throat> what about singles? Oh no, singles. Holds singles up. holds up. I singles figured holds it would. Up. Yeah. Uh, see, those would be our rom coms. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, like the biggest rom coms for like our age group around the time was Jerry Maguire, which is a fucking great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there. Yeah, there's tons of shit from that era. <laughs> Yeah, so Tons so of we've shit. named Jerry Maguire in singles, so just Cameron Crowe. <laughs> exactly. I guess. Hey, the man knew what he was doing when it came to say anything. Yeah. He, yeah. Made, he made quirky romantic comedy. The say anything hold up? Hold up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen that in forever. That holds up very well. I enjoyed that. Uh, John Cusack's a little crazy, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Yep. Um, what else did you watch recently that I was that I took note of? Uh, oh, I know we were going to talk. We would have talked about Nope had we watched it last night. But instead of Nope, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park Dominion. <laughs> your kids yeah. will thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I see uh, one of your video monsters. People watch Fortress. Yeah. Oh, I watched Ambulance. Oh, how was Ambulance? That was fine. Yeah? I mean, it's... If you take Jake Gyllenhaal and... Um, I'm terrible with his fucking name. I know who you're talking about. Um, you watch The Innocents. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Um, you take those two out of that film, that film is garbage. Um, someone definitely showed uh, Michael Bay how to use a drone. I was going to say that... Because the there's so much drone footage in that goddamn film. I mean, he, it helped him pull off some crazy shots. It's the new lens flare. It helped him pull off some crazy shots, but he... In true Michael Bay fashion, overuse the shit out of it. Yeah, it's like if he if he knows how to do one thing, it's how to do something to excess. Oh, day shift. I was going to ask you about day shift. Day shift was fine. It was fun. Um, nothing that I will watch again. I won't go no. back to it. Um, Ween's way too. Ha- I, I I'm imagining Snoop Dogg might have put up some of the money <laughs> from this film because it we, he they well, uh he he's way too cool for school in it. It, it leans heavily into the Snoop Dogg persona. Uh, great 90s uh, hip-hop soundtrack, though, for a film that takes place in current day. 
He's not listed as a producer. Oh. And someone was just really, really anxious to give Snoop, Snoop a blowjob on screen. No. Because <laughs> that's all this film is for him. <laughs> He's like the baddest uh, vampire killer, the coolest motherfucker. Um, he has produced several things, the yeah. last of which was Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror in 2006. Oh, yeah. He did get into <clears throat> horror for a while because he was in Bones, which is actually pretty decent. Nice. Plays a pimp. Little Plays on, like little on brand. Yeah, it, it, he. It's like a cross between a pimp and Candyman. Nice. Yep. Not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. BMX Bandits. Yeah, that that, that actually was still fun. Uh, it's amazing what you could what kids could get up to with a BMX bike in the back in the day. Nicole Kidman's first film. Gallipoli, another cheery Australian yep. movie. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where people are getting run over by tanks? At some point, or am I thinking of something different? I think you're thinking of something different. But this is a war film. Yeah. But it's it's World War One like trench warfare. Yeah. Um, where everyone fucking dies because it's trench warfare. Yes, I remember that being uh, also very very bleak. Yeah. Um, yeah. How to lose a t- guy in ten days? What else we got? Anything? That's all I've got. Uh, yeah. So we'll continue. I'm going to watch the second half of that payout thing tonight uh and possibly we'll do a dinner family dinner theater of jurassic world dominion on whatever streaming service it's on uh i've already purchased top gun so i can't back out of it uh you will not maybe watch that tomorrow night you will not regret that purchase at all uh we've got our draft next sunday the fourth at either 10 or 11 i'm not sure peacock jurassic park jurassic world dominion is on peacock okay um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying uh, my Peacock uh, membership. We are yeah. in season six of Parks and Rec, speaking of nice. Catherine Hahn. Um, the Catherine Hahn stretch is over, but we are uh, we're in she's, London right now. She's so good on that show. Yes, we're in London right now. Um, so good times with that. Going to start the office as soon as that's over. Um, that will take longer because they're all like, what, like 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes each? I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, again, apologies for the mono. It's a throwback. Audio throwback episode. It's <laughs> like when they uh, make the the movie that was supposed to look like it was made in the 80s and it has like grain on it and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. That's what we were doing. That's all we were trying to do. All right. <laughs>